Welcome to this edition of One for the Road. We're glad you're with us. I'm your host, Randy Schlicking, again, joined in studio as always, well, most of the time anyway, by my compatriot, Bob Carter. We're glad that you're with us. This week, we are talking about deacons, the role of the deacon here at Perimeter Church, and we have invited in studio Frank Mann, uh, Gordon Moore, who's an elder here at the church, but interfaces with deacons, and then Pat Edwards, who is uh, actually not a male deacon, she's a female from England. We'll explain all that later on to you. We'll find out everything there's to know about deacons today at One for the Road, especially Bob will be asking early on in the conversation how they get all that juice in those little cups and the little bread thing very quickly and make that whole thing happen. So you want to stay tuned, if just to gain knowledge about that alone. So welcome to this edition of One for the Road. And uh, would you join us now? Here is your host, Bob Carter. Thanks, Randy. And uh, I did want to find out if it was theologically impossible for us to just go ahead and make smoothies. Uh, I don't know if that would be possible. But, uh, don't know if that, but uh, no. <laughs> it's uh, it's good to be with you guys, and uh, good to be with uh, Gordon and Pat and Frank, and uh, three people that just faithfully serve Christ. And it's a privilege to be here with you all today. I. Uh, I wanted to start out by asking uh, just a, a real basic question, which maybe a lot of people listening to this will know, but I think it would be good just to briefly review again. And, and Frank, either one, either you or Gordon, the you know what the difference, what is an, a deacon as opposed to an elder, the dip, the main difference there, and specifically, what are some of the things that deacons do here at Frontier Church? Um, well, I guess I can start with that. Well, basically, if you look back um, scripturally, the deacon office was really established back in Acts when I think the elders were being overwhelmed with both spiritual and physical care needs of the body. And so because of that, uh, the first deacons, uh, the first seven deacons were elected, and basically those deacons were there to serve. Uh, At first, it was the widows who were needy in the church. So, uh, what we what we've typically said is an elder, you know, and obviously there's some crossover here, but the elder's concerned about spiritual needs, the deacon's concerned about the physical needs. Within perimeter church, uh, specific duties, things that deacons do. Yeah, um, there's actually, you know, if you think of it in terms of physical needs of the church and then in terms of mercy needs of the body and the community, uh, we have seven different ministry teams around serving those needs. So starting out with some of the general needs, um, we, um, for instance, we do communion. Communion right. has been brought up. We actually prepare the elements uh, for distribution. Um, the other thing that we do is we oversee the audit of the church. And so any findings and corrective actions or whatever having to do with the internal audit, we would oversee that. Uh, buildings and grounds. You know, we have inspections of the buildings and grounds, and then there are action plans to make sure that the buildings and grounds are kept up, kept safe for the body, etc. Um, and then, lastly, we provide leadership. We don't do all of these roles, but we provide leadership uh, for the front door ministries, including, like, for, for instance, the ushering. Now, if I look more over on the mercy side, uh, we have several teams that are. Uh, associated with caring for um, both the church body as well as the community. Uh, We have what we call our people ministry team that really is there to take cases to serve the needs of members or regular attenders of perimeter. Um, In addition to that, we we, um, started another team 
a number of years back, uh, I think it was around the time of year 25, mm-hmm. and the focus on the head, hands, and heart, you know, we started a ministry around community outreach. So we had a team of guys that worked with Pat on cases that come in from the community, local community, uh, for basically, you know, financial or other physical needs that people for people that are in distress. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, um, in terms of um, you know what I would categorize as mercy, is we do have a special uh, ministry team for the widows. Mm-hmm. And so there's a team for that. We work closely with the widows ministry as well as the widows themselves and the ministry that they do. Uh, but one of the things that uh, we have there is that each deacon is asked to have a special liaison role with a widow so that every widow in the church knows that they have someone that they could call upon if there is a need. Wow. Well, I was, I was going to say the same thing. The, the elders must not be doing much of anything. I know. I was there going, as far as I can wow. tell, I mean, all the work is flowing to the deacons around this place. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say that in the, in the Book of Church Order, it, it outlines the basic duties of, of the deacon. But even from the early days, um, the deacons pretty much would go to the elders and say, anything we can do to make you more effective, that's what we want to be about. And these roles came out of that. I would say a couple of uh, points. One is in the area of finance. Frank mentioned, Frank's the chairman of the diaconate, but um, he mentioned that um, we have an audit role. We've we've had an independent audit since, uh, I think, 1989. But, um, and that's huge, because if you lose trust, it's hard to ever get that back. You make mistakes, but an audit can can find those mistakes and correct them. We have a great team. Meet every month uh, to to uh, to work through that diligently. Some churches I've seen actually get tripped up on the finance, where the deacons decide they need to spend the money and, and decide how the money is spent. And I think one of the things our elders have done very wisely is to find those roles early on, so that the Elders are responsible for uh, approving the budget. Staff's responsible for spending the dollars based on the budget. Mm-hmm. And the deacons are responsible for uh, making sure those uh, those dollars are spent wisely and mm-hmm. reporting back to the elders. And I think it's just worked out beautifully. And, and when I see uh, officer groups that have issues, a lot of times dollars are involved in that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really thankful for uh, that role separation, and, and I just think it works out. Great. The, the other area is uh, in the widows ministry. About 10 years ago, we took a deep look at churches across the land on the widows ministry, and, and we were trying to find out who had a proactive ministry to deacon to widows. We couldn't find any churches. In fact, uh, some of the larger churches in the United States said, "If you ever get one, um, we'd love to know about it." And um, so our deacons started that with just prayer. Um, week after week and and asking God to show us where we should go. And from that, the widow's ministry started as Frank was talking about. And there were really three things we wanted to do. One is we wanted to make sure we were proactively caring for our widows. And uh, our deacons contact our widows every month. And there's a bell curve on how effective we are on that, depending on the widow. Many widows don't need the same level of care. but um, How many do we have? Even? Well, close to 60, I think. Right. Is there, maybe more than that now. But, yeah, I yeah. would say 80. 80, yeah, that, that was 60 a few years ago. But um, that that's one. Um, second is we really wanted the widows to be um, ministering. 
And uh, for example, I just heard this a couple of years ago that, that in Tanzania there are widows that have goats and cows in their house, which is life to them, mm-hmm. because our widows proactively um, made that a cause. And, and, and um, I've heard of people on short-term journeys coming back and telling us that's still happening. And then third is we want to become a teaching church. And then we wanted to go back to those churches. We did go back to those churches and just say, you might want to clue into this. And, and so that, that's going forward. And just it's, it's been real fun just to watch the deacons. And not only do that, but now they've expanded biblically single moms or, deacon, or widows also. And um, they're cared for differently. But in the last year or two, we've really seen some growth in that area with our deacons ministering there. That's tremendous. I wanted to ask, in, in term, how many how many deacons do we have right now? Oh, we have sixty. Sixty. Mm-hmm. Do, do do these guys obviously, you know, there may be multiple things they're involved in, but do they tend to direct them towards things that they're interested in or feel more gifted to do? Or yeah, that definitely is something that uh, we try to take into consideration. I will say that, especially over the last few years with uh, the economy and this, mm-hmm. the additional um, numbers of folks that are in distress. Um, as we've had deacons that have come on the last few years, we've really directed most of them into people or community. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, you know, there we would you know, go and try to find their interest if they had a preference between those two. But most of our new uh, guys have gone into that. Um, every deacon does serve um, I think we have a few exceptions uh, for folks that are on sabbatical for a period of time, but if you're not on sabbatical, we do ask that every deacon serve on at least one of those teams that we talked about earlier. Well, speaking of distress, did you have a question? Well, yeah, well, I was just going to ask about that, that interface now, the people in the community thing with Pat, maybe you guys can talk about that a little bit and kind of love to hear how your your relationship with deacons, how does it work? And because okay. I'm just sitting here, and I have to tell you, the, the thought that comes to my mind is, you guys have heart. You just have heart. You yeah. just minister Absolutely. out there in a beautiful way. And I'm, I'm just, I'm already encouraged to sit in here, just yeah. listening to what you said, and then what Gordon said, kind of on top of that. So, can you share a bit about, you know, your role and how yeah. you interface with the deacons? And yeah, yeah. Well, basically, um, I'm the point of contact. So my number is the number that people call um, and if they're in distress and that applies to members of the community and people in the church. And they're directed to me in different ways. Um, That doesn't always work in the church as well as it might, but my name and number are out there in the community. So I, I act as a point of contact and I basically do an assessment. Um, we prioritize the people in the church, so if somebody calls from the church, then I would work with them first. But um, generally, we just do. I do an assessment, and we have very basic forms. I ask questions, try and assess whether um, what their need is, and then I would I coordinate it. I coordinate with the deacons and just send an assessment form to the deacon and give them some information about a situation if I think that they would want to help the person. And with members of the church, it's, um, I mean, we automatically, I would automatically send it. With people in the community, we have other agencies that we support, and so I direct them in that direction. So part of my 
um, investigation, for want of a better word, with them would be to find out what exactly have you done, what are you, you know, um, where else are you getting help, or have you got help elsewhere, um, and that sort of thing. What is a typical situation, let's take first off with our members, a typical situation that you would encounter with a member? Fairly straightforward one that came today, a young couple, husband's lost his job, they don't have any savings, um, and they've got the mortgage to pay and all the bills to pay, and um, so I, I don't actually know how they got, uh, got my number, but they um, were directed to me. And, and sometimes, I guess, with with uh, the community or someone who just walks in off the street, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. similar issues. And yeah, and it. I mean, we deal with financial issues, yeah. so. And people may be thinking, and maybe not, that 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 we give people money, which we don't. No. What do we do? We pay bills. We pay yeah, bills. we always pay an agency. We never directly hand over money. We do have gas cards and Kroger certificates that, so that we can help with food and gas. Uh -huh. And I don't call a deacon about that normally. I just um, assess that situation myself. Obviously, you're dealing with people in pain and are hurting. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a huge challenge. I mean, what, yeah. what are the challenges you face with that, I guess? just. I mean, the challenge is to offer them, because I'm sort of problem solving in a way and assessing, the challenge is to show the love, mm -hmm. show the sympathy, show the love, but at the same time trying to be discerning about the situation, you know, um, is this something that's going to go on? Because, you know, very often somebody's in trouble and it's a a thing that's, you know, they've been somewhere else last month and they've been somewhere else the, the month before. There are situations like that. But there are situations, as I said, now with the economy where it's just a major crisis that's hit them. I was going to ask that, and that's one of the issues we're kind of working on and thinking through. The whole, someone comes in, there's an issue, can't pay the mortgage. You know, it's the old thing, you, you give a man bread once and you feed him once and you teach him to cook bread or fish or like, whatever the analogy is, you know what I'm saying. How does that in, interface happen with the deacons? I know we're working on that. With You get a call or you, your, your deacons get a call, this person needs. You want to make sure, yeah, they get what they need immediately. But the, talk us through maybe that transition and how do we begin helping them get to Financial Peace University, or and you don't want to start there, right? The, the guy's out of a job and struggling and is embarrassed and humiliated, and you want to say, well, by golly, get to Financial Peace University and get right with the Lord kind of thing, but how do you minister, how do you tr transition yeah. that, and then working with, el working with elders thing I'm interested in, too. And, you know, this is where it really gets tough, right? Um, you know, where you have someone, we may help them once, but they've lost their job, you know, they're out there trying to find a job, they don't necessarily have one the next month when the next bill, have a job the next month when the bills come around. But, you know, one of the things that, this is one of the reasons why the deacons are there, is they would, you know, meet with the, the couple or meet with the um, single person or whoever and really try to assess the situation at a greater depth. You know, they would be trying to assess, you know, are we, do we have someone that really is out there trying to find work? You know, are there changes that, they're trying to make in terms of reducing expenses and so over time you know you're expecting that there's you know changes on the side in order to in order to be able to to meet the expenses uh, the other thing that you know we would do is 
if someone, you know, doesn't know how to budget or they don't really have, know how to manage their finances, you know, we have a, a special person, one of the deacons, that has a lot of experience, you know, with counseling folks on credit, with helping them with budgets. And so where we, where we have someone that would have a need like that, we would have the option to send them over and, and get counseling from our deacon that has that experience. In addition to, like you said, longer term, you know, get them into financial peace or get them into some of the other teaching type of of opportunities. And it could be a discipleship group or whatever. Well, one thing I'd say too is is uh, it's very messy, and 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 when you are in in this uh, part of the ministry, and um, you just have to recognize that on the front end, and um, both for uh, you know Pat, Frank, and the guys, Nathan, Dan, that are um, taking the information, trying to discern. But, but also for the individuals coming forward, there there's a range of emotions. Just getting past the point of asking the church, church for assistance is, is huge. And we've had people that want uh, us to make loans, and we don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we encourage them if they can repay down the line, that's great, and support the deacon. And we have people that have done that. Wow. But, um, uh, but it, it's, it, it is definitely messy, number one. Number two, uh, you're going to make errors. Because you're making judgment calls. These are desperate people many times. And uh, as good as their intentions are, uh, it doesn't always work out the way they present it or are even expected. And that you just have to understand you're erring on the side of mercy, mm-hmm. but you're, you're still discerning. And that's, a, that's a tough thing to do, a tough position to be in, but we do it every day. And Also, I would say um, on the membership side, We've helped over 10% of our members in the last two years, in terms of which is just staggering compared to previous years. And um, but on non-members, uh, I believe an overwhelming number of the ones we've helped have been single moms. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it's it's neat to hear those stories. Uh, uh, but I work probably more with the members involved. But there are some just break your heart stories out there of people that thought things were going great and, and you know the financial world comes crumbling down around them and uh, it, it's been neat to see not only got to work in their lives but to see their their small groups come around them and friends come around and work with the deacons and uh, just to see the body of Christ work um, just for two years in a row we've had special gifts at the end of the year emphasis and it had received uh, you know, between three and $400,000. And, and we would not have been able to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. Um, we were funding at a level to probably meet maybe two or 3% of our member needs instead of 10%. So the funding came at the very time we needed it most. And it's just been neat to, to see that. How, how long is the average person in the system now? And then whatever you want to say, sorry, I, was, I interrupted you, but do you have any idea how long the average person's in the system? You said, one month and they come back the next month. Is it? Is it like yeah, a I don't really know three to five month yeah. process or something? You I don't do? know the average, but what I was going to say was related to that. Okay. You know, definitely with the economy, we've seen whatever that average is extend. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and we used to have guidelines that would say, you know, mm-hmm. this is an emergency fund. You know, yeah. we'll help people for a month. Members, you know, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. extend that a few months. Yeah. And with the way it's been the last couple of years. You know, we've extended that. And you asked about elders, how we interface with the elders. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we did there is we were struggling with 
we really want to help, but, you know, here's our guidelines. And so we went before the elder board and actually got counsel. Mm-hmm. And I think the, uh, the, the counsel came back, you know, to err on the side of mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one of the ways that, you know, we've interfaced with the elder yeah. leadership yeah. team. That's a great, yeah. That's a great point. Absolutely. Is there a speaking of elders of elders? Is there ways or anything that comes to mind in terms of how our elders could be supportive of you all? And, and I'm thinking beyond the elder board, thinking just the elders in general. One of the things that we're working on when we think about some of the longer term needs is how do we serve some of those longer-term needs? And we're not necessarily talking just financial. You know, other physical needs of the body. You know, someone that's ill for an extended period of time. You know, a widow who has, you know, little means on a long-term basis or, you know, no family, no local family to help with some of the routine things or single mom. And so one of the things that, you know, we've started over the last year is having special care teams where there would be a discipleship group or some other, you know, folks who are in a relationship who want to serve together and not serve, just go out one time, but we would but be willing to go out, say, once a month on a Saturday morning and serve over a long period of time. And Without so, being paternalistic, kind of adopt these people? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I think that probably would be, you know, a good way to, okay. to think of it. Okay. And so, you know, one of the things that... Um, that I think we could be supportive of is being aware of that, you know, and if you have a discipleship team that's interested in a serving opportunity like that, you know, to, you know, raise your hand and say, I would be willing in the future to take on and and lead or find someone to, um, to coordinate a uh, care team. Pat, if you could say, what's the biggest challenge you're, you're, you're currently facing now, if you kind of think of all the stuff going on, one thing in particular you say would be a challenge and ask Frank. Well, given the numbers of people calling the big challenge is to treat each person as somebody that's worth listening that needs to be listened to and has needs otherwise it becomes oh my goodness i've got to answer all these phone calls right and that's a continuing challenge and it has been since this situation well yeah frank biggest challenge um i would say you know one one of the challenges that we've had is just really being able to keep up with the number of cases and really to be go to be able to go to the depth that we would like to you know to be able to not just you know provide a handout but to be able to you know go in and really maybe even you know help with handoffs if there are spiritual needs or help with additional handoffs if there was a stevens ministry need or whatever not that those things don't happen but i believe we could be doing more of that Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the challenge that I would say is that we really worked on this this year, but encourage, you know, if you know godly men that have a servant's heart, you know, encourage them to go through TFL, you know, think of them as a nominee mm-hmm. for the next go-round of officer elections. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that would be one thing. Yeah. That is a great place, a great place for us to wrap here. Uh, I want to say this is going out, you mean, to elders, to deacons, to leaders in the church, uh, just to be able to pray for you guys. I heard Gordon talk about the, the discernment you guys need as you think through these things and just the connection and whatnot. And also, yeah, my, my guess is there are others out there who have the giftedness who need to be made aware. So hopefully this podcast will be part of that maybe as we get into that next next mm-hmm. kind of cycle that we do. We so appreciate what you guys do. I, I can't tell you, just sitting here with you t- today, it's just been great. And I want to encourage those of you who are listening 
Uh, if you see Pat, you'll know her because she has an English accent. Frank has a southern accent. Uh, but if you see a deacon out there, if you know of a deacon or whatever, give them a hug and just tell them that you love them and you appreciate them. They are just servant servants and we so appreciate you. So thanks so much for tuning in as always. We will see you next time or you'll listen to us next time on One for the Road.